Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 137. I don't know if there's any special significance about 137. Do we get a goal? 1337 would be a special one. It's the more Danky Kang comes for you, Alex. Oh, Danky Kang, yes. Who is Danky Kang? Don't worry. It's more for what? Soon enough. (laughs) I'll know soon enough. The primal force known as Danky Kang. Yeah, we we've made it. We I don't know what's special about one thirty seven, but we did it, guys. We did it, boys. Pack it up. We're done here. We hit one thirty seven. Needs to end. It does, but I'll keep dragging it on until someone steps in and says something else or continues the conversation for episode one thirty seven of the Wicked Awesome Cast. One thirty seven. Someone please help. I'm stuck in this loop. I can't stop. Let's move forward. Someone innovate. Innervate. Wow. That's a wild term. Someone interfere, intervene, do something. Help for this 137. All right. Episode of the Wicked Al- yeah. I'm going to interject. I, <laughs> I, I I played game. I played game this week, but I, I, I played Dungeon of the Endless. That's pretty much it. Because mostly I was watching AGDQ. That for those of you that don't know, that is Awesome Games Done Quick. It is a week-long, 24-hour charity marathon. This, uh, the one in the winter supports Prevent Cancer Foundation. Yep. Yeah, and they always crush it when it comes to raising money for... What, do they have a specific charity? I know it's just... It's, yeah, it's Prevent, cancer Pre- Pre- Prevent Cancer Foundation. I just oh, okay. said so. <laughs> it's, no, it's, I, called, I, it's called Prevent Cancer Foundation. PCF. We're stealing from the news some that okay. they raised $2.4 million this time. Yeah. yeah, they they've been consistently going up every year too. Like yeah. I don't think they've had a decline since they've started doing this. No, and this the some one the one in the summer usually supports uh, Doctors Without Borders. Okay, which, that's probably which, what my confusion was. Which is really great. I, I I'm I'm a big fan of that charity as well. And but yeah, the one in the winter supports PCF, and it was great. There's just multiple parts that were great. Um, I could go into them a little bit. Um. Uh, if you are going to go back and watch stuff, I, well, I mean, if you see your favorite game on there, yes. I'd say Jack 3 was a, a hilarious run. It was well commented, and everybody was just to- constantly giggling and laughing. It just, they just couldn't stop giggling and laughing because they make, kept making dumb, like, puns and dumb jokes. It's, it's actually a very entertaining run. Plus, there's a lot of out-of-bounds madness and just weird stuff going on. It's a great run. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I always like watching the awful games block, and this one, well, it it did not disappoint by totally disappointing anybody that actually likes good games. Uh, it included virtual highlight on the Saturn, which is terrible. Uh, that's and Mohawk and headphone jack, which will just make you sick watching it. I can't believe that they actually got it in there. PJ had been threatening to put it on there and had submitted it every year. And it finally got on, and it was, uh, yeah, if you get sick, motion sickness easily, don't watch that one. It's, it's, it's pretty awful. Yeah. A Week of Garfield. Garfield, A Week of Garfield is on there, too, and that one is a, a special game. What the fuck is with video games and Garfield all of a sudden? Like, Giant Bomb's been doing some Garfield stuff. I, YouTube keeps recommending me, like, hot new Garfield playthroughs, like, did something happen that we suddenly care about Garfield as people? I don't know. Did is Jim Davis still alive? I, I assume mean, so. 
Um, but yeah, well, I well the thing is, like, Cool Kid, the person who ran, ran it, he's been running it for a long time now. It's been kind of like just his back going back to it every so often and playing through a type of thing. But yeah, it's it wasn't like a new thing for him. He's been running it for years now. But yeah, it's it's pretty pretty terrible. Uh, but it's a very special run. Um, what's also cool I have to say the God of War devs love speedrunners. They always watch it, and they donated a really really cool Kratos statue from a God of War two. Which God? Okay. There's now two sets of God of War devs. <laughs> yeah, uh, I the, I think the first set, the first for the first three. And, oh, okay. But yeah, they they donated a really really cool statue, and usually run it, uh, usually watch the run. But yeah, AGDQ is fantastic. Is I always enjoy watching it. I it's it's really cool watching really highly skilled people play a game as opposed to just like let's plays. Like I don't tend to watch let's plays. I generally only watch like you like I watch speed runs and I watch people one cc arcade, and that's about it. But yeah, that's uh, but. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's was my highlights of AGDQ, and that that's pretty much my week. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> so, how's everybody else doing? I can go next. Yeah. All right. I I played that Bandersnatch Netflix thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> How is that? Bad. Oh, it's it's Black Mirror, right? That's the main yeah, show but this- it's bad Black Mirror. Like it's. It is both, like, the worst episode of Black Mirror and a really bad choose-your-own-adventure game at the same time. Well, that sucks. And I think the two are kind of oddly enough diametrically opposed to each other. Uh, let me back up. It It is not without its fun moments. Like, the uh, fucking spoilers or whatever, I guess. Like, I, I set out with two goals in that thing. To murder the main character and to murder his dad. I achieved both. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, that's good. We did it, boys. Congratulations. I, it's, I, I guess spoilers again, technically, because I don't fucking care. It's bad, and I don't care about spoiling it. Like I, it's so. I, I, I was kind of on board on the okay, this is bad implementation, but kind of cool until there was a branching path that took me back to an option. I didn't have previously. Like, it, 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 the thing creates branching paths where branching paths didn't exist previously. Like, it's the, it's pulling a black mirror thing where, like, a, a black near, mirrorness ensues and technological commentary happens. And, like, you can tell the main character you're controlling him through Netflix at one point, which is a fun moment, but whatever. But also, like, you rewind back to a point that was previously not a choice, but then it's treated as a choice, which, when that starts happening, I get pissed off. It's it's not a good story. I, it's, I like Black Mirror. I'm not the biggest Black Mirror fan. I think, they can, I, I think the most recent season was kind of very hit or miss, where some of the ideas they were playing with were cool, but also it felt very, yeah, we get it. Technology bad, Black Mirror. Do something original now. Like it, it lacks the first season's originality of we're gonna blackmail the prime minister to fucking that pig. Yeah. I, well, I mean, their first season was so good. I mean, it's it's 
it's almost unfair to compare every season since to it. I might argue was- the show was better before the Netflix the Netflix purchase, but yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Like a lot of the stuff nowadays focuses kind of too heavily on the the, the literal Black Mirror aspect of it, the kind of TV media stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, the episodes were like your social media clout score tells like what your rents are and shit like that is clever and good. But then when you have an episode that's basically like, yeah, this nerd's obsessed with Star Trek and traps people in, we got a bunch of callbacks to prior episodes. I, it wears fast on me quick, I guess. And Bandersnatch is very much in that second category where we're going to throw a lot of things that people that watch Black Mirror are going to know because people that watch Black Mirror are smart, like Rick and Morty fans. But then the actual implementation of Bandersnatch is bad. Yeah, but I successfully murdered the main character and his dad, which is all I cared about in that thing. I It was a goal I came up with about halfway through the time I was playing it. Me and my girlfriend were like, we sat down, tried to play through it, and just every time we got kind of a game over screen or like a bad ending, it was the, okay, why are we doing this? This isn't fun. It's bad Black Mirror, like, and the Black Mirror-ness of it is the fact that you're going back and replaying stuff, which could have been cool if it didn't, like, go so far up its ass. Like, there's a Pac-Man monologue in there about how, like, the reality is Pac-Man, and Pac-Man just comes back to life when he dies, that that ends in predictable murder and or suicide, and you're like, yeah, of course. Okay, it was bad in the same way Ready Player One was. Ready Player One is pretty bad, but that's I, mainly because the source material for it is garbage. I would argue it was, it was also bad because it got bogged down in like, hey, do you get that reference? Do you get that reference? Do you get that reference? That's kind of what Bandersnatch felt like. Mm. Well, that's the book. You know, By the way, the book <laughs> yeah, is worse I, about being a listicle. Like, way worse about being a listicle. The book is bad. Yeah, It's I, bad. But anyway, on top so of that, game, I, I, I guess. I'm almost done with Red Dead. I think, like, I think I'm like hey. two or three hours from the end of like that game's main game. I know there's an epilogue for that thing, which I probably won't be playing unless like things meaningfully change. But also, like, you could cut a sixth of that game and it'd be better. Yeah, that entire mm. fifth chapter could go and it would change nothing, mm. which sucks. Yeah. I, it's, I, it, uh, hmm? No, go ahead. I, if, if you're done, I'll jump in. No, nah, I, I, I guess the last one is I've been hanging on the Anthem subreddit, and <laughs> it's <laughs> as a um as a longtime member of Destiny the Game subreddit, the, the original and only true source for um subreddits for uh, Destiny and Destiny 2 at this point, as opposed to that new Destiny 2 subreddit that's full of blueberries and people that don't know the hardship of the first game uh, it's really funny watching essentially destiny the game subreddit before destiny the game actually came out being like yeah this is gonna get real interesting in about a month and a half isn't it yeah a lot of people <laughs> really want that game to be amazing and it might be but dear god like so many posts about like 
what can we as the consumers do to make sure this giant corporate entity's launch of a game is good? <laughs> Answer nothing. Yeah. Except be on Reddit. I, which is not doing nothing. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, be on Reddit. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's beautiful and incestuous and just like it's the, uh, this could explode or it could go either way. Like it's the it's the most hopeful, like naively so thing where it's like me sitting there being like, I played Red, I played Destiny. Oh yeah, Destiny Two was fine. No, I played Destiny. I remember <laughs> the days. I remember the beta that was just the first quarter of that game. The North remembers. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. I, it's I bought a composter because I've gone crazy. Oh, I went to the. Uh, I, I have learned that if Jen ever leaves me, I'm probably never getting another girlfriend ever again because I'm now a person that goes to cactus shows and I would want to talk to people about my cactus collection. Oh, you're a cactus person. I am a succulent person. Oh, it's the, the San Gabriel Cact- Cactus and Succulent Society um, winter show was cool and also the entire time it was me going like, yeah, there's something wrong with you, man. This is cool and all, but also like looking at alien plants, being like, mm, "Yes, alien plants." <laughs> it was pretty good. It didn't suck you at all. Just tell us how your week was, Alex. I'm trying to blizzard knee you in the nuts and make you call it daddy. Oh no! I, you know what? Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually have been watching the dumpster fire. Get bigger and bigger. Did you st- from are you a still, distance? Are you still a subscriber? Yes, I am. Did it need you in the nuts and called you daddy at least once, or made you call <laughs> daddy? Well, for having a subscription, yeah, sure. Um, so you're I went giving to... it money still. Yes, I de- I never shied away from saying that. Every week I said I am a whore to the system. Yep. And probably until I get banned, I will continue to do so. We should work on getting you banned. Uh, I'm gonna pass on that. <laughs> not up to you Alex. uh well i guess since we already talked about that stuff um i guilt guilt uh i finally hit eight out of eight to thick so i'm done with this rate tier that make you happy just in time uh yeah actually it does just in time because not this week coming up but next week the new rate tier opens up so that'll be fun especially going in with a class that's actually decent so i got that going for me um, I did actually play some non-Blizzard games. I took some advice that you guys gave me and kind of stepped away from some games that or from Blizzard gaming for a little bit. Sure. And so I did a little bit of Hollow Knight and played some Cuphead, and that was fun. So I really am. Enjoy- oh, and I also played Fury, if you know that one. Um, F U R I, right? Yes. Uh-huh. It's basically boss rushes. Yes, I really like. Yeah. Game. We've talked about the game before. It's a cool game. I totally forgot about it last time we talked about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no, I played that. It's cool. Yeah, I love the soundtrack for that. The soundtrack really fucking ties that game together. Yeah. So. I've been having, I mean, it's that, like, 80s weird synth wave. Yeah. You might like Bandersnatch, then. Oh, perfect. No, you won't, because it's still bad, but the soundtrack will be great. Ah, well, then I can I can live with a good soundtrack, then. Um, Yeah. So it was nice to kind of do that for a bit. So, uh, and then I was like, okay, I, I did a couple games that were non-Blizzard based. Let's go back and play Overwatch. 
and I hate myself. So that that went well, as long as it did. Um, and I guess for real life stuff, I went to a reptile fair since we're going to fairs regarding, uh, you know, other hobbies and things like that. Um, it's funny you mentioned cactus and succulents and all that stuff because, uh, we went to a reptile fair, checked out some cool stuff, and now I own a South Asian pitcher plant. Ooh, Those things are stupid cool. hard to keep alive. Yep, they're actually, very, very this delicate. One, this one is actually pretty cool, uh, and not too hard to maintain. So is I, the ground I, on it damp and um swampy? Um, I don't know. Mandy's taking care of that part I, because she wanted it. But we have the guide. Plants are notoriously hard to keep alive. Yes, yep. I am aware of that one. But uh, yeah, we have like certain waters we need things like that our location where we're at is actually isn't too bad so um but yes we ha- we have a I, I all i know is it's a south asian pitcher plant i don't know the actual genus name and all that stuff but it's pretty gnarly and also slightly terrifying because the so, only thing i could think of was what if you get your finger trapped in the pitcher uh, plant part how long does it take before it'll eat your finger alive you're fine like like days, weeks, weeks. Yeah, and then I also had a weird thought of like, if I was some sort of crazy sadistic murderer, how could I use a pitcher plant to kill someone in a really creative way? So that reality is my killing a human with a pitcher plant not so feasible, unless yeah. you like cut the person up into tiny, tiny bug-sized yeah. slivers. Well, like, even if you grew a person to, even if you grew one to human size, it's not like you instantaneously die in it. It takes, like, it's a fairly long, dissolving time period. Like, it's the, it's on yeah. par with decomp. It's the, the difference being, like, most animals starve to death relatively quickly and can't get out. There is, like, some acid or something in there, too, but, like, it's mm-hmm. not yeah. instantly dissolve. It's more you'd have to murder someone and put them in or, like, keep them sedated while they're in. And you still have to have a gigantic one. Yeah. yeah. I still think it's pretty just trippy to think about that, like... Oh, no, like... I'm, I'm all for the idea that now, not only does the fauna want to kill you in your apartment, so does the flora. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, that's where we're at now. I'm just going full regalia with Maybe all your this. your girlfriend's like... just trying to kill you. And this is just a subtle way of doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like uh it's basically the, the apartment plant version of a pig that how, you would use. How for big evidence. is the one you got? Uh it's not that big. It's actually relatively small right now. So a thing like plant weirdos do to make that thing fun is they get a vile plume toy roughly the same size as the plant and put it in there as decoration. Because oh. that's what a vile plume is. Oh, interesting. Um uh, we also named it uh Doc Ellis. That's the name of our picture. You don't plant. name plants. Well, it has a name. Doc Ellis. Uh, oh, no, I'm thinking of the, the wrong Pokemon. Um, You're thinking... Victory uh, Bell. Victory Bell, yeah. Yes. That sounds like Velpoon. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we named it Doc Ellis. He's a famous pitcher who threw a no-hitter uh, while high on LSD. So, it was just an interesting name that I pulled out. I basically wanted to name her plant because she named my car, and I hate that, and it's stuck, and now people call my car the stupid fucking name. I mean, it's funny, but still. What's your car's name? <sighs> Sporty Spice. Nice. 
No, don't encourage this. <laughs> don't yeah. fucking laugh and encourage this. But yeah, so. That's amazing. And it's only because I was bragging about the sports feature on the car. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It has a little sports mode for the for the plug-in hybrid, if you will. That's pretty cool. And she's like, oh, you got a little sporty spice going on. And I was like, oh, fuck. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, flora and fauna and all that trying to kill me. Um, everything's going cool. Oh, one last thing I totally forgot to mention. So guess what I picked up recently? And this actually, Henry, might spark your interest. Because it's okay. wrestling related. It's wrestling related. Iron Pro Wrestling? Pro Wrestling, yeah. Um, I picked up the DDP Yoga uh, DVD set stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, good I, God. I've, I've been doing DDP Yoga for like four years now. And it, it's, it's just yoga. It's just really good yoga. Yep. And it is very, very good for you. Yeah. So my girlfriend and I are going to start doing that. And so, yeah. I... I just figured it was interesting. I'm like, okay, because I, I was watching a bunch of like the stories and stuff that he had put up about some people who've done some crazy shit with DDP yoga. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But the videos are very well done. I mean, they're they're pretty easy to understand. He, 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 I mean, that's the point of them is really to like talk about yoga and in a very easy to understand manner. I mean, yeah. he goes through all the different positions. He's as bringing well as, yoga like, to the masses, brother. Yeah, how to vary it up, how to make it more difficult or less difficult, depending on, you know, like, you can take different versions of stances Yeah, uh, and stuff. It's just, it's good. I mean, I, I highly recommend just yoga in general, and yeah, I personally I've, own all the DVDs of that. I mean, so. Yeah, I've done yoga before, and uh, I wanted to kind of step back into it. I figured, well, the DDD, DDP yoga would be kind of cool. Um, it's the phrase so. DDP yoga makes me laugh. Yeah. He's uh, he got into it pretty early in his wrestling I, career into yoga in general. As many people in that industry probably should. Yep. Yeah, and also DDP is a fucking bro. Yes, uh, that's what makes it funnier like, to me, I guess. Uh, in my and mind. he's a super, but he's also a super positive bro, like ridiculously I mean, positive guy. Like he's he's like he's like the the he's wrestler bro. I like to call him. I, yeah, he it, does it, a ton of really cool stuff. Like he saved Jake the Snake. Fucking Scott Hall, like he's gone out of his way to like help you know rehab these guys in his own fucking home and all that. Like, I, it's it's more the mental image of being like Namaste, brah. Right. Basically, Namaste. that's what it is. Yes, I, I, I know. I have seen it. That's why I find it funny. But it's like, all right, bro, you got to feel your chi down in your gut. And <laughs> hold it like a ball in front of you, like a basketball or like a ball of like bro ass spiritual light. Feel that yeah. enlightenment up in you, brah. Yeah. Right. Breathe in the so natty ice. So he does rename most of the movements into sort of wrestler. Yes. Wrestler names, of course. Ladder pose. Great. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. He he has a lot of yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty entertaining what he's renamed some of them. Yeah. So uh I I will my girlfriend and I will be becoming DDP yogis if so. That'll be a fun adventure. And I'll keep people updated with that. So. Other than that, that's pretty much been my week. I I can't believe I almost forgot the juiciest detail of the week, which was the freaking DDP yoga. Because I'm like, oh, Henry might know about this. Yeah. Every wrestler knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I, I don't know. I like I, 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 I watched DDP back in the day, but, like, hearing all the stuff he did in terms of, like, Jake the Snake, because I think it's even a Netflix documentary where he, like, he oh, basically yeah. rehabbed him and all that. And, 
Yeah. Uh, he's like the cool bro version of like Mr. Rogers. It's weird. I wouldn't go that far, but well, he's like a nice dude. He, you know, man that's comes from mean. the attitude Mr. Rogers era. Is a, that's true. Dude has done a lot of cocaine. <laughs> a lot of wrestlers from that era were kind of on that. I, I, though I don't think he was so much. The, see, the thing is, he started wrestling when he was thirty-five. He's he got in late, like really yeah. late. Most people start in their early twenties, but yeah. and so I he had a different approach to it because he had he came in as an older person, so he had a lot of thoughts on like, and this is why he took up yoga on how am I going to keep doing this when I'm in my forties, which I'm going to be in very soon here. All I'm so, gonna say is the man wore a lightning vest with no shirt. Oh yeah, goddamn right he did, and he came out to a uh, a. A not version of uh, smells like Teen Spirit. Hilariously, it has one chord changed, or like t- like one yeah one chord changed, so it's not exactly the song, but it's pretty much the song. They did that a lot. Uh, that was, that happened a lot with several wrestler themes around that time. It would be almost this song, except we're gonna change one chord up and slightly change it, and it's yep. no totally different. We're totally original. We have talked about DDP. <laughs> no one has talked about DDP this much in like five years. You be careful that attitude. He's gonna show up to your place and diamond cut you, and then help you recover afterwards. I can take a sixty-year-old <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, if you've seen him, I wouldn't think that. <laughs> Not sure I'd be thinking that if I if you saw him in person. He's still a very large, muscled dude. I can't, I'm not gonna lose to those sixty-year-olds. <laughs> You've already lost with your hubris, sir. Uh, but possibly. yeah. Yeah. Just figured I'd share that little tidbit with you guys. I think, uh, should we should we dive into all the juiciness? Sure, actually, why not? Before, we got news. Before, before we news. do that, though, hold on. Uh, oh, it's gonna be a doozy. I gotta pull out the Red Bull, because, man, there's a lot of Blizzard fucking news this week. Is that and the boy, new my happy. news this week? Just popping cans? Yeah, popping cold ones with the boys. God. You're the boys. I got the cold one here. Let's Can go. Can I not be part of the boys? Nope. Too late. All right. First on our docket, uh, Spider-Man has sold 9 million copies. Not surprising. That, no. It's a good fucking game. Uh, but it's been a while since we got to celebrate a game we kind of all universally liked doing well. So I'm trying to bring some upbeat news this week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now, I think this last quarter of the Spider-Man franchise has done well with spider Well. Spider-Man, obviously, you know, winning some award stuff, and then it being Spider-Man. You also had Into the Spider-Verse, which is not necessarily gaming-related, but it's Spider-Man-related, and that also did really fucking well. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. It's kind of unclear which was more successful, the game or the Into the Spider-Verse movie. I'd be surprised. I'm interested in seeing those numbers. I may have to look into that. I'm sure it's Into the Spider-Verse financially, but from kind of a public opinion standpoint, both have just been killing it. Yeah. 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 I mean... People like the, I mean, uh, the comic writers like the PS4 version enough to where the PS4 Spider-Man is one of the multiverse Spider-Men yeah. in, in, in their comic. Yeah. It's actually a separate Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I fucking That's love really this. That's really cool. Oh yeah, like, uh, along with Spider-Man. Yeah, who's the best? Uh, he's... <laughs> actually, he's <laughs> Alex's nightmare. Uh, yeah. 
I can imagine. Is he like that. is he like Man Spider? No, no, he is a Spider-Man made up of like a billion spiders that are all hive minded that think they're Peter Parker. Oh jeez. Uh... Yeah. He is Spider's man. Okay. Not man spider, spiders. Okay, here I go. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Yep. I'm, I'm gone <laughs> to barricade myself. Yeah, he's 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 hilarious and terrifying because he's always alluding to how he isn't going to eat people. For, yeah, he's not going to eat people. Totally not going to eat people. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yep. Next up, um, in kind of surprising but unsurprising news this week. The Division 2 has launched, it will be launching on the Epic Game Store before Steam. Actually, mm. it's not going on Steam at all. Um, No, they said it will come out eventually. Oh, well, okay. It, it's not clear exactly what the gap will be, but initially will not be available on Steam. Oh. I, 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 I like, this is an interesting, well, I kind of hate it, but I do kind of like it, because now you have like a big, big title coming to epic that's not made by epic sure i it's i I look at it more as if if from a kind of split of monetary compensation going to epic just based on that alone makes more sense than steam and as someone who never had the loyalty to steam that a lot of pc users have i'm all for diversity in that marketplace at the same time yeah Ubisoft, just make your store competitive at this point. Like that's that's what you really should do. Yeah. Although I did hear about a really interesting side effect of like publishers moving towards the Epic Game Store as opposed to Steam, is that in the Epic Game Store there's no area at all for any kind of user reviews. Yes, that that is a benefit to air quotations benefit to being on the Epic Store. Yeah, well, I mean, benefit for the developers. I don't yeah, think there's so no community like... tools in yeah. the Epic Store, for that matter. Yep. Yeah, that part is a little bit concerning. I, yes, but also, like, think about how much bullshit Steam reviews go through, too. Oh, yeah, no, not to say there's not any kind of bullshit, but, like, you have a lot of, like, some good, legit reviews that come out, like, when you hear stuff regarding, like, Daisy and a bunch of their other nonsense. Like a lot of the user reviews were like legit. Like I think also um the one of the Steam curators that I used to follow actually was Total Biscuit. Um you know, who would post stuff and on there and he was yeah. he was a well regarded reviewer. And so you have guys who would build up legit reviews um on there that were not necessarily tied to the industry, and so they have less of an actual like gain. But also at the same like time, article. think about how often we get stories of so and so is review bombing something. Yeah. Well, yeah, you definitely hear that before. But once people hear about that, like, oh, well, now you know it's a review bomb. Yeah, but still, yeah. Like, it's not like the review bombing results go away. They're still in the system. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, I get that. But, like, I don't know. I like having, like, the user reviews and, I guess, game company reviews. I That's also pretty don't revealing. I think you should trust retailers to review anything. Mm, yeah. I, I, I don't think that your source of reviews should come from a retailer. Like, no, it's if, if you're concerned about reviews, go to another source. I, I understand the convenience of having it on there, but, like... Well, I mean, like, user it's, reviews. It, it's like, about I, as meaningful as getting reviews off of 
official PlayStation magazine. Yeah, it's... Yeah. As in not. Like, I also don't think user reviews are ultimately that useful to a certain extent. Like, it's the, how many times have you seen a game that critics have panned that because it's got a good fan base around it, does well? Like, at the same time, though, Mm -hmm. too, like, think about PUBG. What is the review for that game in the modern era? I have to double check. I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know. I don't know where it is right now. It has fluctuated I... wildly over the last year. Well, because That's... the game, the game experience has fluctuated wildly yes. over the past year. But I mean, that's reflective. That's a good thing that it wasn't just a static thing that remained the same. I'd it changed. A, it stayed good for a lot longer than it should have. Was the impression I got? Yeah, but I mean. That's the thing. I mean, for example, I th- it's the difference between the popcorn meter and the critic consensus on Rotten Tomatoes. Right, but Steam doesn't really have that. It's got- well, Steam has a version of it because you have both that show up on the store page for the game. Like, you can see both on there, but now you it, it'll show you. Option. It'll show you the Metacritic score. Yeah. Which, which is the same as, it's basically similar to the critic consensus Metacritic score. Metacritic is also garbage, though. Uh, but the thing is, it's still going to be, I think, a better barometer than nothing at all. I mean, and the thing is, I will look on games, and the thing is, like, for example, I was thinking about picking up Killer is Dead. I started looking at the reviews, and it started talking about just major glitches, like the game just doesn't work properly, and it crashes a lot. And this was not, it was not limited to a few reviews. It was like most of the reviews said this, so I was like, mm, maybe I won't get that for the PC. The at console least. version of that game was fine. Oh yeah, the console version is fine, but the PC version is just not ported well at all. And but I would not have known. I would have bought the game. I would have bought the game without knowing that. Okay, so, so the also reviews saved me. Steam has a higher review of that game than almost anyone else. Yeah, but it also has some of the most truth-telling reviews I've seen. Like I said, it 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 told it basically said, "Don't get this game. There's some issues. There's 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 problems, so I was like, okay, not a good port. And so that's and so that's what I've waited on a lot of games is I've I mainly get to see, you know, not necessarily somebody's opinions of it, but if it has some major graphical, you know, some sort of problems with the game itself, it's crashing a lot. I mean, that's that's really useful information when it's you're reviewed trying to buy is mostly it. positive still, dude. Yeah, but it I mean, but it had enough of those to where it Kind of told me not to. I mean, if you you have to actually read the reviews. Sure, I, I think also at the same time though too, like the most helpful reviews are all positive. The most recent reviews are all negative. I, it's. Yeah, I, but, I mean, like I said, you have you have like cure the like the Steam Curator program where it's like people who have very reputable like opinions on this. Except stuff that, that they don't, because we've we've talked about in the past. That people were being incentivized to put stuff on lists for that. Like it's, I, I'm not saying reviews aren't useful. I just don't think they should be part of a retail environment. Ah, uh, I don't know. I I would prefer to have them. But personally, I like yeah. I like Steam's setup for that. I mean, granted, obviously, at the end of the day, you have to make up your own opinion. Yeah. It. Like in I terms mean, of like what you're gonna do and decide. But having the information there is 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 something I would like to have. Sure. Whether or not I'll listen to the reviews because like you know. It's, it's sometimes, you know, personal experience trumps over a review, if you will. But the option of having them there is one thing. But verse, as opposed to where on the Epic Store, you don't have any signs of that at all. So, yeah, I, it's, uh, Epic has also announced they're bringing some community tools to it eventually, kind of thing. But also, 
trying to think of how many other like retail platforms don't have reviews technically. I I don't know if GOG has one now that I think about it. I'd be surprised if GOG does it. I mean, obviously the Blizzard one doesn't, but it's only Blizzard games on there anyway. And and really, Activision. So. Maybe I think EA's does. I don't think so. I could be wrong. I've only ever bought Anthem off it. There's user reviews on good old games. I'm just looking at it. Yeah. It has one that's interesting. Uh, overall rating and a verified owner's rating. That means people who who actually yeah. report, you know, have an account and and have an account on the game, which that's pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah. Actually. Well we gotta move on from this, but you've turned a yeah. small story into a more rampant <laughs> topic. Yeah, yeah, we did. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> Another quick one is that uh, Metro Exodus, a game coming out, I believe, sometime this year, is lo- is um has announced they're doing nine ultra rare, stupid cool collectors editions of the game that come with a full functioning gas mask and a Nixie tube, uh, watch like the main character has in the game. Not much of a story here except that like you can't buy these; you have to win them. It's dumb promotional stuff, but man, is it cool looking promotional stuff. Yeah. Looks like it's lo- looks like the stuff will actually be made of what they oh, say it's, it's, it's going to be it's made real. of. It's real. Like that's the scary yeah. part. Like, it's, <laughs> that's a real gas mask. <laughs> that is a real bullet lighter. Yeah, I must just want the watch. Do they have anything regarding uh, a a bag of sorts, like a messenger bag I made of canvas? This comes with a bag, but who the fuck knows? No, it's military not. Military crate. Yeah, it becomes a military, military crate. crate, but uh, again, like, you're making nine of these, that thing it better be a real-ass crate. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, for this ultra-rare edition, looks like everything's gonna be super legit. I mean, I've seen other other things similar to this yeah. given out, you know, to selected people or, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, no, it's mostly the watch from this thing, but I'm like, man, that makes this entire dumb thing worth it. The watch is pretty cool. Real cool. I have tracked down a Nixie Tube watch this week because of that watch. <laughs> Fucking love me some Nixie Tubes. Uh, quick one too. Uh, Netflix is getting sued by the um, Choose Your Own Adventure folks over Bandersnatch. So if you're interested in checking that thing out, do it now before you can't anymore. Yep, because the well, the term "Choose Your Own Adventure" yep. is is a trademark. Yep, a company called Choose Co. Yeah, I mean, so, well, then again, they could just rename it and not call it Choose Your Own Yeah, I also didn't realize you could copyright that. Like, it... They didn't cop. I mean, they didn't copyright the idea. They have a trademark on calling it Choose Your Own Adventure, as far as what I could tell from the... What they're yeah, claiming. but I guess I feel like that's been used enough in, like, uh, Telltale games and stuff, where it's... I think there yeah. will be... I think there will be a... Uh, uh, if this goes to the court, it may end up in a. This term is used so often now that you can't really trademark it anymore. Yeah, like I mean, that's you know that's happened multiple times in court cases now, where they the court has basically decided, well, that's pretty much become, become part of a common language now and can't be trademarked as such. Yeah, and I'm imagine that might happen with this thing on you know the words choose your own adventure. That seems to be a tough one. Uh, part of the claim, I guess, is that the Bandersnatch is dark and violent, which it is, but... Uh, yeah. Hmm. It damages the brand, bro. <laughs> but but the thing is, 
apparently, and this is this is the complication to the suit. They had already talked. Netflix had been in talks with Kuzco before and couldn't reach a deal with him, but put this thing out anyway. And so that's kind of that's sketch. Yeah. Like, Netflix should not have done that. I'm just going to straight up say that. They shouldn't have gone ahead and actually included an actual Choose Your Own Adventure book in the series itself. Is or in the, sorry, book in the book No, but it says, uh, I mean, but it acts like it is, like an of that series. And that's the problem. So they've act- they're actually using something with that trademark. And it's not, like I said, it's not like they were unaware of who held the trademark. They had already spoken with them and couldn't agree to a a a, 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 a couldn't agree to a contract, and so mm. that's dirty. Netflix is I'm going to say Netflix is in the wrong on this one. They should they shouldn't have got they should have you know called it something completely different you know have have an homage, which I think is the intent. But the problem is they went ahead and included a trademark entity in the show itself. Sure. It's so, also twenty five million bucks in damages, which I'm pretty sure Netflix would sneeze out at it. Yeah, but it's gonna that's huge for Chooseco, which is a very small company. It sure. remains a small publishing company. So yeah, and that's that makes it all the more egregious that a huge entity night like Netflix would just go ahead and kind of try to roll over them. Well so the article I pulled did not mention the initial talks, I don't think, unless I missed that part of it. I where are you getting that part of it from? Um yeah, according to the suit, Netflix apparently tried to obtain a license for Chusco's trademark in the past, but wasn't able to reach a deal with the publisher. I that might have just been Chusco's trademark actually at that point. I don't know. That's interesting. Yep. So that's the thing. Netflix yeah. was aware and went ahead with it anyways. So that that yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking shady. Fair enough. Yeah. I guess speaking of shady, while we're on the topic, um, Arrow Studios thirty eight, thirty eight oh, yeah. Studios. Am I bad? Yeah, the Kurt Schilling Studio. Yeah. Well, that ridiculous ass lawsuit of theirs may finally be coming to a close. Oh really? Yeah. I, it's so. I I don't have the financial legal mind to follow this thing as I have been the last couple of years, but basically. The Security Exchange Commission and Wells Fargo Securities are finally settling their joint filing over studio of 38 Studios, which basically boils down to essentially, I think it's like, what, $75 million was borrowed, but there's only $50 million worth of kind of proceeds that came out of it. Uh-huh. And kind of the sale of the company and all that stuff. So there was a $25 million gap, which is a problem. For financial organizations. Yep. And it was unclear who was ultimately responsible for that. Sounds like just a lot of ignorance and yeah. ridiculousness on the part of lots of people. Yeah, and I, this kind of brings up the fact that like going back even to like 2012, I think, when the game kind of came out, it was, at least to certain people, very obvious financially the company was going to fail just because... Like, that company bought people houses, my understanding, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Cool, but nuts. Up next, do we want to do Gearbox or get into the Bungie Activision stuff? Let's do Gearbox because Bungie Activision is going to be a long ride. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. 
Uh, Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford is being accused by a former studio lawyer of taking a $25 million bonus from Take-Two Interactive. Uh, I thought it was 12. Sorry, 12 25? million. Right, right, 12 million. Oh. I rest read. 12 million. Ooh. Apparently, this kind of, if you trace it back to last year, this whole legal dispute came out when they sued Wade Callender, the guy that's now suing them for fraud and breach of fi- uh, fiduciary duty. So, countersuit, baby. Oh, yeah, countersuit. The American yep. way, baby. Yeah, the lawsuit alleges that um, Gearbox, uh, that Pitchfork took a deal in 2006 to receive a personal secretive executive bonus, their quote, not mine, of $20 million to be paid directly to Pitchford, entity called Pitchford Entertainment Media Magic LLC. For those who don't know this, Randy Fritch Pitchford is a big fan of doing the magic, as in like with a bunny and a hat and stuff like that. So who the hell knows what's going on with this? This is the same company that I think last year got into a legal battle with a former like household aide or something who stole a ton of money from the pitch for it, and I think um, Gearbox is well on top of that. They absconded with it and spent it on stuff. I, it's yeah, Borderlands Three is never happening. I'm calling it now. Yeah, I don't see any. I wouldn't see any real reason to do it anyway. Oh no, but... the reason is it would make them the money that just cut that they're losing and shit. But well, yeah, yeah, I that company seems to be a bit of a mess all of a sudden. Yeah, it, which is funny because it seemed like they had their stuff together i mean you know they went ahead and they they went was it was them that churned out duke nukem forever finally wasn't it yes yes it was yeah wasn't it alex not a good game not a good game but they made it they they actually made it never got you to weigh in on this one henry did you ever think duke nukem forever was going to be good after it got announced that was actually happening no fuck why am i the only one it's just the the humor was played out when the game came out when the get series came out in the first place. Yeah, to be honest, like the humor was that's uh, no, not humor, not really. Shake it's a, baby. it's hu- it's humor if you're a junior high kid, I guess. You know, a boy a boy in junior high, I suppose they could be like entertaining, but yeah, the humor was already dead on arrival decades before Nuke Nukem Forever came out. And for it to come out, and now it's just like, uh, and plus the game mechanics just weren't there. But anyways, enough talking about that mess. 2011 was a fun year. Mm. Alex bought a thing with a statue. Yeah. Let's keep going through our quick ones, I guess. Um, You put this one on the list, Alex, so explain this one a little bit better. Soldier Boy is back with a PS uh, Vita ripoff? Yeah, so I guess it was actually reported a few hours ago, and I just saw it, but, um... Soldier Boy is back in the gaming industry, boys, and he's got himself a PS Vita ripoff. If you're not saying it correctly. What? I say it like Soldier Boy would say it. Uh, I have a new console to sell you! That's better. Dun, dun. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of love Soldier Boy. I, I just, I just love the refusal to quit at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's got a thing called the Soldier Game handheld, and pretty much looks like a PS Vita. I, that is a PS Vita. I own one. That's pretty much PS Vita. Yep. yep. 
So comes in blue yeah. though. Yeah. Hmm. It comes in a couple different colors, actually, it looks like. What games He's... does it play? Did they detail that? I'm looking at the article now and I'm not seeing that. Um, I didn't, I didn't I, see it either. I didn't see anything. You could probably go to the ago. go to his actual website and see. Yeah. I'm going to the site, boys. Oh, it's on sale for $99 right now. Ooh, yeah. Let's see, games. It it doesn't say. Oh boy, that's always a good start. It it seems, yeah. yeah. I don't even know what it has. It doesn't list any games. Probably have to load it up with them, I'm going to guess. Well, so yeah. you can also buy it for 30 bucks off a couple other websites, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's certainly dedicated to trying to you know sell gaming stuff. I mean, I as we've said before, we know he's is an this gaming gamer. stuff though. It's it, it's blatant ripoff gaming shit that he's trying it to cash feels in. Feels like market. gaming yeah. stuff in the way that Tiger Electronics stuff was technically gaming stuff. Oh, that's a good comparison. Oh, that's such a good comparison. Oh, Tiger Electronics, you you tried to offer so much. With so little technology. Yeah, I, I I look back and part of me wants to go back in time and like slap the shit out of myself being like, why do you want this shit? <laughs> why? Well, it's because it's way cheaper than anything else. But I mean, it you could get wasn't. one of those Well, no, they're pretty cheap. They're pretty darn cheap, especially compared to actually buying a Game Boy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but if you owned a Game Boy, the difference between how much a Game Boy game costs and a Tiger Electronic thing wasn't that far apart yeah but yeah that is true but the, you had to buy a game boy first yeah and so a lot of people got a tiger electronic thing instead of a game boy so that's that's the thing a lot, that's and that's a lot of people's memories you know you know that growing up it's like we we ended up with the cheap versions of stuff because you know stuff's expensive and so yeah, well, we will gladly take that Tiger Electronic thing over nothing. But, anyways. Yeah. <sighs> so, it's boys back, though, boys. Yeah. Let's see how long this one goes. I'm talking about the right thing, like those like weird like single-game plastic handhelds. Yes. Okay, yes. 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 I'm not insane. Yeah. I, okay, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like I said, it's like a lot of people remember it from their childhoods because that's what they that's what we got. I had one of those, but it was like a weird kung fu game. I think I owned a yeah. couple and could not figure out how you actually played them because, like, something about <laughs> had... the angle required to play and the screen, screen quotation marks on that one definitely, like, just didn't work for me or something. Hmm. Well, I had a Castlevania one, and er, I think it was Castlevania 2, actually, but in any case, yeah, I had Castlevania one, and it was actually all right. But, you know, like, those were, you know, pretty, fairly cheap, really. You know what was expensive? The Game & Watch stuff. That stuff was exactly the same thing, but, like, lots more expensive. Holy, holy moly. Hey, hey but is... Game & Watch is in Smash now, so it was worth it. Yeah. yeah. The judge of your nostalgia is based on whether or not they're in Smash. Yeah. Turns out that Ice Climber game, real good, apparently. Oh, yeah, but, you know, Sonic's in Smash, too. Apparently those old Sonic games, really good. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Yeah. To the box office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know where to go next on this, but we got kind of some big ones that are kind of a little bit scattered. Should we do the Activision, Bungie, Blizzard, 
mess that is now. Yeah, they've had a doozy Let's of a week. Twist that knife, yeah. Alex. Okay. <sighs> so, well, actually, I feel like it's only fair that you should talk about the Blizzard Activision or the ben- Bungie Activision news so sure so because you are the destiny player sure let's let's kick this one off with like arguably the biggest news in some ways this week that's like that's not like hey where's a shit ton of money to help people have cancer and shit like that like the a a split that i did not realize was possible in the gaming industry is that um, bungie has successfully repossessed reacquired whatever the right word is basically all of the publishing rights and therefore all of the rights for destiny hence freeing themselves from the kind of weird tenure contract that many Bungie fans and many Destiny fans have cited as the biggest problem in Destiny development. Whether or not that is true is up to some speculation, but the Destiny community's chosen to be like fucking overjoyed about this. There's a variety of, I think, kind of shitty stories in all honesty out there of like, bungee employees like celebrating with champagne like you can celebrate all the fuck you want but like the the way it's reported feels kind of weird where it's the guys yeah they're no longer together but also like we don't know if this means destiny 2 is going to be good or not yeah Yeah. we've heard just as many stories of all destiny problems being bungee's fault like activision is just a publisher and yeah that whole you got to put a new game out every couple years thing was definitely a problem but activision wasn't in the meetings being like yo but what if we nerfed sleeper simulant mm. yeah but like i get shot a lot with it why don't we just nerf it or don't nerf it because i'm good with it. i i time will tell the the people are short-sighted and don't seem to get how video games work and it's fun being like ding dong the witch is dead on this one but we'll we'll see if this actually fixes Destiny. It's it's interesting having the path now where you can do a Destiny three or more large scale expansions for Destiny two moving forward. We'll see. I'd prefer more large scale expansions, and that might get me to go back. But who the fuck knows at this point? I it's Bungie's out of their kind of ridiculous seeming publishing deal, but also at the same time was working another game that got a bunch of funding from NetEase. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting this whole this whole angle there, like because hearing the stories of like the Activision employees like cheering and all that stuff, I'm like, wow, Bungie. that's kind of like, oh sorry, Bungie, yeah, that was like, oh, that's a little, ugh. it's, I, it is, and, a, a, yeah. the, the biggest news out of all of this was um, Devolver Digital doing what Devolver Digital does, which was getting out there and tweeting at Bungie, being like, yo, we should talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Devolver. Yeah, Devolver Digital. Do yep. you? So it's like, well, that can't be the worst thing that happened, right? I mean, yeah. let's, <laughs> you lose let's, a major IP, further. like one of the biggest public-facing IPs of modern gaming. It's on three platforms now. That's trying us to new business models. That's got to be the biggest thing to happen to Activision this week, right? Ooh, no! Sorry about that. Let me take a sip of this Red Bull real quick because I'm gonna need the energy to go over this shit going on. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, um, they finally released some Overwatch lore, and the reason I'm bringing this up because this actually segues into, uh, the story that we're gonna cover. Um, uh, so they announced that there's a new Overwatch, or there's a new gay character in Overwatch. It's actually not a new character; it's a character who's currently on the roster. But, um, so they announced, hey, 
Soldier 76 is gay. He had an affair with a guy named Vincent, I believe. Or not an affair. He he was involved with a guy named Vincent and ultimately chose his duty over uh being in a you know, in a relationship kind of thing. And it just felt really off. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Okay. So just to preface all this, totally cool with like, hey, if your character's part of like, you know, it happens to be gay, this and that, that's fine. That's story writing. Like in Brooklyn Line Nine, I don't know if you guys watch that. Like I Captain do. Holt in that well, Captain Holt in that show is is gay, but him being gay does not defy him as a character. Sure. Like, no. I, he's absolutely beautifully well written. Like that show is fucking wonderful, by the way. Um, but anyway, um, this one just felt really like, hey, guys, Soldier 76 is gay. We're being inclusive, right? You can't be mad at a company that's, like, trying to be inclusive. And it just felt so fucking pandering. Like, it it felt it, uh, weird. Like it, So as someone who finds the whole shipping culture of Overwatch a little weird for an arena shooter, when they like when this news article popped up, I looked at it, it was like, the fuck? Yeah. Well, it's more that it seems it really does seem like kind of shoehorned in. Oh yeah, I mean, no, that that was it the, seems what like the fuck? it seems like like Tracer was always like she was planned from the beginning to be gay. Like she's she was always going to be gay. That's something that they had planned, and that was just kind of a part. You know, uh, that was just you know that's just her. But this seems yeah they they pulled this out of nowhere. I mean, it's, I, I, yeah, as a person that's actually of the LGBT, it feels LGBT, unbelievably pandering. It feels super pandering at this point, especially, well, especially rolling into what we're about to roll into, yeah. but yeah. No, it felt really fucking pandering. Like, I was, like, the, like I said, I'm all for it. Cool. Awesome. Good times. But, like, if it, it just felt so weird. Like, it does because I'm pretty sure it was not. It was just this was just a reaction, as you know. Whereas with Tracer, it was just that's uh, that was always planned. That was probably in the original character bible. Like okay, so here is the particular part where I felt like it was really like, yeah, no, this definitely feels like it's pandering. So if it was written in the story, then hey, that's fine. Leave it up to interpretation for the audience. But one of the guys who works on Overwatch later on went on Twitter and was like, hey, just to clarify, guys, Soldier 76 does identify as gay. He had a gay relationship with this guy named Vincent. It's like, if you need to come out afterwards and explain the context of the comic or something, that's that's shitty writing. Like, let people interpret it to what they want to be. Like, that's what it is. But if you have to come out as a developer later on and be like, hey, no, guys, just so you guys know, we mean it. He, like, it, it's... He's not like bi, so anything like that. Like, no, he's gay, guys. Soldier 76 is gay. He had a gay relationship with a guy named Vincent. It's like, that's why. You, you don't need to do that. Well, Write also, it in the comics. There's also and lazy them... writing in the fact that, like, it's the. A lot of these characters have backstories that you could, like, spin off or, like, add details to. Soldier 76 has barely any backstory. Yep. So to go from kind of zero to a hundred, it's like, oh, by the way, we're adding this onto it now. It's like, no, you're adding, not expanding. Like you, you've taken arguably the most like bland, straightforward, like generic character. Hell, he's supposed to be generic, and are trying to make a big deal out of him already. Like I, I don't know. It, it, like pandering is the only word that describes this whole thing. And yeah, there's a comic, so 
obviously like some time and effort was put into it, but also it's only a comic. Yeah. So anyway, so Blizzard, you know, obviously is pushing this angle of like, hey guys, like we 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 need a win. Let's get some good press going, right? Ooh, it turns out that was actually the catalyst that led to the story coming out the following day about a former Blizzard employee who uh was actually by the name of Jules, uh yeah, Jules, I guess his name is. He left a long twit post uh talking about how he left Blizzard's esports team after being the subject of racial discrimination during the time in his company. And apparently like it went on for a long fucking time and he tried to re- bring it up to HR and supervisors, everything. And like, I mean, he was involved. I think it was the Hearthstone esports side of things and all that. But like, yeah, no, it was, it went on for a long fucking time. Um, it, so from what I was reading in terms of the Twit post, it was mainly revolving around how his manager just considered him flat out sexist because he was Mexican. Uh, was that whole angle that she was pushing. Fun. And would, yeah. And was just like, and like, okay, not to, just to be upfront. Mexican culture, there is a certain level of like, you know, man has to be a man. Like, that's that's a thing. That's just a cultural thing. I would say that's like, dude culture across the board with some frequency. Yeah, but I think there's a certain level that's kind of turned up a little bit, I think, in Mexican culture. Like, yeah, and I think, and it's not like, and it's also, I think, also kind of exacerbated by the fact that, like, Spanish happens to be one of those languages that has, you know, uh, masculine pronoun or masculine nouns and feminine nouns and things like that. So, um, anyway, but that's beside the point. But she basically pitched and hold the guy into saying, hey, uh, just because you're Mexican, you're probably one of these chauvinist pigs because that's what you are as a Mexican. And this went on, like, for months like that's all he basically got because of his heritage that's who he is and that he has a natural inclination to be sexist because he's mexican uh so yeah it went on for a long time um he he had panic attacks he actually had to see get seek psychiatric help uh but it went on for a long fucking time and he had mentioned like it's funny that blizzard talks about wanting to be all inclusive and like doing all this when i went through this for fucking months and Blizzard didn't do shit. So, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was basically, be- here's actually the quote in particular. Uh, the reason he came out with this, all this the allegations and things like that is that uh, I wrote this today because Soldier 76 announcement and subsequent tweets I did triggered me. The reason why it triggered me wasn't the message, but who it was coming from, Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, the idea of inclusion, representation, and every voice matters and think globally was never meant for him and other people of color that he had spoken to who worked for the company. So, um, yeah, it's not necessarily looking good. And I think he's actually gone as far up as filing a federal complaint uh, against Blizzard for what he went through in his company or when he worked there. So, yeah, it's. Oof. Yep. Yeah. So obviously, of course, of course, just to preface this, these are allegations. Nothing has been confirmed yet. Allegedly, but yes. So just gonna put that out there now. So uh, before anyone thinks we're treating this as fact, these are allegations that are coming out. Um, but like I said, he, the dude has filed federal uh, federal complaint, and so they're gonna be looking into that one there. So um, you figured, okay, well. 
we have potentially one potential federal HR investigation. Like that, it can't get any worse, right? Right. Let me say it. it. Let me say it. Go ahead. But wait, there's more. And we're gonna throw another investigation on top of that. So, um, as Charlie mentioned earlier, Activision uh, did split from Bungie. So there's that nice little divorce going on with that. And it looks like, of course, uh, Bungie's got full Destiny custody rights, which is nice. Although I will say for PC players, because I, of course, have Destiny 2 for the PC, they will continue to keep supporting Destiny 2 on the uh, Blizzard launcher platform. It seems to be a weirdly amicable separation, at least from the outside. And what they're officially saying on how publishing and hosting is going to work, which is weird, but yeah. So um, following the announcement between Activision and Bungie, obviously Activision stock took a pretty fucking steep dive. I think it went Mm -hmm. down like 10%. More than that, I think. Well, I think, oh, sorry. Yeah, Uh, started at 7, and then it went down to about 12% since the release. And I think a good chunk of that was actually on overnight trading or whatever they call it. Um, so after that, there is now an investigation being led by Pomerantz LLP, which is a law firm that specializes in corporate functionality, securities, and antitrust class litigation. And I guess they're looking into the whole idea of why Destiny, uh, was why Activision, Bungie, and that whole split, and yeah, like what happened shadily money-wise in terms of why this separation is happening. Considering they have like how many games that they have planned or signed up for originally, didn't they have like a five year contract deal or something like that? Uh, a year. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, nah. So, yeah, that's. There, there, there's this going on and all that. Yeah. I, under When you're in under, under investigation for fraud, that is serious. And I mean, this is this is fraud for well, what they're saying is unlawful business practices. There again, like this is you know allegations, you know, not this as you know this is an ongoing investigation, but yeah. like it says, like even within their daily operations, that's ooh, that is that is incredibly serious. Like if any of these allegations turn out to be true, like this is, I mean, even for a massive company like them. This 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 could this could actually maybe take a chunk out of them for once. Yeah. So between two CFOs leaving, uh, a federal investigation filed in terms of their discriminate discriminatory practices with employees, um, a separation of one of their, I guess, developers and a big franchise, uh, their stock dropping to. About 50% from where it was last year. Because last year, Activision stock was trading for about 80-something bucks, and now it trades for around 40. Yeah. You figured, okay, well, I mean, it can't get that bad. Like, we're done, right? That's enough. That's the pummeling. We're good. Ah, we got one more. But wait, there's more. Yeah. So, um, earlier, uh, a couple months ago, Mike Morheim stepped down as the president and CEO of Blizzard Entertainment to take on a advisory strategic role, uh, but no longer being the president or CEO. Which, I mean, he's been around for a long time, makes sense, but he's been there since the beginning. Blizzard Activision is his baby. So he did say he wanted to stick around and just be in a different kind of advisory role. 
being the big boss was too hard. Yeah, Stressful. no, that's that's changed. He's he's dipping out 100%. He'll be gone in April. Like even in the advisory role, he's just like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm I'm outy." Um so I mean, granted in some companies, yeah, people come back and stay as an advisor for a while and then leave. Like that makes sense. That's that's just the business thing. But like this guy was hailed as like the anti-CEO. He like anybody who talks about Mike Morheim who worked for Blizzard was always like this guy is a fucking phenomenal guy to work for. To have this dude who's been around since the beginning and basically created Blizzard Entertainment and that's his baby to just be like I'm severing all ties has got to be fucking damning in terms of like what that the relationship is between Blizzard and Activision now. I don't know. It doesn't like, bode well. And not at fucking all. So between him leaving, two CFOs getting poached by two... By the way, getting poached by two non-gaming uh, companies. I don't know if you guys noticed that part, but... Yeah, yeah, but also at that position, like, I, let's be real. You're a business person at that point. You're going to go where the best business opportunity is for your yeah. career. And I understand that some people might be like, but why would you ever want to leave gaming? And the answer is, Activision is successful as is Blizzard but you know who's really successful? Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a lot of Blizzard news. I mean, he, I mean he, was a, he was a co-founder of that company. Yeah, no, that's that's his baby. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. And he's just be like, no, I'm 100% stepping away. Like, I'm out. And it's not like he's, I don't think he's retiring so much, though he probably could at this point. He's not oh. that old. You, actually, it's funny. Uh, people looked into like his net worth in terms of like all the stuff he's done with Blizzard and all that. That dude's worth one point eight billion. He's yeah. not necessarily like he's definitely not struggling, but no. like he was staying there for the sole reason of being there because that's his company. That's yeah. who. That's what he created. And even now, he's like, I'm stepping away. He's gonna go yeah. launch Warcraft too. Yeah, and I mean, like you've had a bunch of big name dev people from Blizzard who just left. Like you have a couple guys who left from. Hearthstone, who have now went on to create their own uh, gaming company. Yeah, we what are they about called? Last week. Second, yeah, second yeah, lunch or yeah, something like that. And now, right yeah, something like that. And they're creating a. I guess they have a Marvel franchise they're working on. They might be like a Marvel card game, but who knows? Because the guys are they were they worked on Hearthstone. So you have those guys heading out. You have a couple of the old Blizzard, like like was it the old Grand Team or whatever if you will. I forget there's a name for it, but. Yeah, those guys are gone. Now you have people like, are Warheim. people are jumping ship. Yes, and lots it's like, of people. Oh, yeah. And these, like I said, some. I mean, I can understand people who've joined the company later on, but these guys are there from the beginning. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's not looking well. Well, yeah, that's wow. Awesome week. Yeah. For Blizzard. Oh, last little tidbit, really quick before we go. Um, do you remember a while ago, Charlie, I talked about how Blizzard was sending out surveys? Uh, actually, Henry, I think you were on the podcast for this one already, too, but Blizzard was sending out surveys, kind of getting feedback on, hey, what kind of stuff is working for a while and what isn't? Would you be willing to have a 10-minute Skype session with us and tell us a little bit about what your opinions are for the game? I don't know if we thing. talked about guys... that on the podcast or is beforehand, but yes, I remember you talking about that, yeah. Yeah, so um, they, re they recently sent out another survey. Uh, yeah. And in that survey, they talked about like how like how often do you watch Hearthstone esports? Huh. If there was no esports stuff planned, 
would you, you know, would it be a big thing? How likely are you to buy card packs after watching esports events and things like that? So, Hearthstone, watch out. Hearthstone esports canceled, confirmed. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I just, I was remember seeing a, a video talking about how there were, there was, this guy was getting screenshots and emails from a bunch of people who received this Blizzard survey, so. Um, again, again, this part of, of course, is speculative, but, yeah. They're not having a good fucking week, man. Uh, year. They are not having a good year. The thing is, a lot of this stuff started <laughs> before the end of last year. Yeah. Like, like, it was like, yeah. It feels so long ago, but like it was BlizzCon was in November. Yeah. They've had a shitty like two, three months now. It's like someone opened a Pandora's box in the middle of BlizzCon and we're still dealing with whatever the hell came out of that box. Yeah, like did somebody just smash all the fucking mirrors in the lobby? I don't know. At but yeah, Blizzard like, Entertainment? Like, like going into BlizzCon, if if I'd have believed it because I'm a cynical ass bastard, but like if I had told Alex, yo, by January of next year, a weekly gag on the podcast will be, hey, Alex, you should uninstall WoW, and you don't totally disagree with it, what do you <laughs> think? <sighs> Oof. Yeah. I, I'm convinced one of them went to some sort of weird carnival, and they pissed off some sort of, like, carnival folk, and now they've put them under some sort of evil crazy spell like a weird dumb movie maybe the demonic pact that allowed world of warcraft to be like the only subscription-based mmo left finally came due what if it was tied to having like three or four members of the big executive team leave and they were like the four pillars that protected them from the evil demonic forces you speak of and now yeah (laughs) like like all the crazy, like, druid lore that they have is actually based off the fact that four people who worked there were actual fucking druids who were protecting Blizzard from demonic energies that would ruin the their industry, and now that they're gone and they've been toppled, like, now, yeah. A real-life Sylvanas are... is just wandering the halls, halls at Blizzard HQ, arrowing people and bringing them back as undead. Yeah. <sighs> Pretty much. Holy shit. I think we've covered something here, boys. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, uh, looks like there's no end to this snowstorm inside for Blizzard. It's, yeah, I... <laughs> snowstorm, Blizzard. Yeah, I, the weirdest part of it is, like, it's no one part of it is, like, the worst, when it's like, okay, so, Bungie Lease, that's a big fucking deal. You're under investigation for fraud, that is also a big fucking deal. And, like, maybe the last thing that made people call Blizzard, Blizzard is leaving as well. What the fuck? Yep. It's just hemorrhaging. Like, all of a sudden, it's just like, we're, we are super sex- successful. Let's see just how, fall, how far we can fall down. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty extreme. Like, I mean... The biggest Blizzard news this week should be, like, discrimination allegations. But no! We've got some federal shit going on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a week of hold my beer, no hold this other one too while I chug five others and then let's do it. Yep. It's, uh, wow. Wow, wow. You've, wow. <laughs> You've done it again, boys. In happier news, um, 
We should have talked about this earlier, maybe. The Epic Store now has the same return policy as Steam. That's good. Does that make it better? Sure. Back no, to depressing-ass news. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to take this one, Henry, because you brought this one in? I, I can lead you in on it some if you want to kind of expand on it at that point, though, too. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll just hop right in. So sure. there's there's been this kind of an odd battle brewing between Unity and Improbable. Improbable produces what's called the Spatial OS, which is a sort of a it's sort of an SDK, essentially a system that makes it an API system, maybe that makes it easy to make multiplayer games. So it's kind of a multiplayer backend. They also do cloud hosting services. You know, like if you're familiar with Amazon doing their own, having their own web services thing, oh, well, let's, AWS. Let's back up an important step, actually. So uh, for those who don't know, in the video game development world, like a lot of programs are shared from video game developer to video game developer. Very few people have proprietary kind of systems based around everything they do. That's with the big guys, and even some of them use kind of the same programs everyone else does. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, for instance, like, you know, like, while like Red Dead Redemption 2 is built on a custom engine it is not built on Unreal Yeah, many others will just use Unreal Engine or Unity it's it's very common practice as a matter of fact Unity was the was the dev studio of choice for the Wii U like it was recommended by Nintendo yeah. to use Unity oh. but yeah, um, yeah and so but the problem here is, all right, so there's something relatively new in Unity's terms of service, which in a nutshell says that you can't run their executables, that is, executables for their editor, and their executables that sort of assist with editor-assisted running and testing of the game, you can't run those off of a server, for, for stream, streaming off of a server, essentially, is what they're saying. And... So essentially, you can't, like, what it's allowed devs to do so far is to run their testing and run other developments on the cloud services. Like, re you know, keep their files on the cloud services, you know, all their code and whatnot and their assets, but also to have Unity as package. So it's very, very common practice with web services for all types, including, like, Amazon Web Services, to include a bunch of software as a part of the package, is bundled into the web service. And so that you could access the stuff. It doesn't have to be on your computer. It's on their computers. It's on their cloud service. And so the Spatial OS included Unity as a part of their web services package as one of the options. So there is an obvious sort of, there is an obvious clash here that, you know, like I said, Unity's terms of service basically saying you can't do that or maybe you can with an additional license. It's not super clear on what that additional license would actually entail. It's it's not yes yeah, because it's not in their normal sort of pricing system that is, for, but uh, it's apparently that's the thing you know to add a little more uh, intrigue to the whole thing is improbable was aware of this and had been talking with Unity over this over possibilities of the terms of service interfering with Spatial OS packaging Unity on the uh, as a part of their web service. So, but what the fear is, and what Unity is now trying to kind of tamp down is that any game that is using Spatial OS is going to get delisted and essentially can't 
can't continue to function with the current terms of service. And so that's that's bad. So, I mean, it's something that can not only affect Improbable, the company Improbable, but it may affect anybody that is currently using Spatial OS as their multiplayer backend, essentially. Ah, this is this is a mess. This is a weird mess, and I don't know what it's. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, they have to work out some different type of license, I guess. But until that happens, I mean, it's the Spatial OS is kind of up in the air as to whether it's going to be still viable as a backend for multiplayer. So, hmm. so that's so that's the thing. It's going to help. I mean, it's going to hurt. It has the possibility of hurting a lot of smaller dev teams who don't have their own, you know, they don't have a big bunch of servers to run games off of, multi, you know, especially massively multiplayer games. They don't have the hardware to support that, nor do they maybe have the suite of software to support that. So they're using Spatial OS. But Unity, however, has countered in with their own public kind of comments that they've put on their blog saying that no, it shouldn't affect games already using Spatial OS. Which I'm not sure how that works either. It's it's so up in there. It's I'm you know this is just broken. At least the news is just broken this past week, and so this is something I'm going to be following. I'm wondering where it's going to go because it could have some major impact, as I said, on smaller titles and on Improbable's ability to just offer Spatial OS. Period. Um. Well, in the weird news, in the everything is terrible. Uh, Epic is taking advantage of this bad PR move immediately yeah. and offering a special way to move people over from Unity over to Unreal Engine. Because why not smell blood in the water? Go for it, I guess. They're That's... on a roll right now. I hate to say it, but Epic's on a fucking roll. <laughs> yeah, they are. There's very, very smart business moves uh, thus far. I think moving into the gaming market because they have enough money now to actually dump into it to get it going is a smart move. But yeah, this is also that, just, more taking... just a critical mass of a launcher installed on people's computers. Yes, that is a huge thing too. Yeah, that's that, yeah, very important there. They already have an existing user base for that for that software that they're using yeah. for the Epic Store. So, hmm. but yeah, they're just taking advantage of a bad PR situation because yeah, it it's not a good look. If you're if you're seen as harming the indies, as it were, it is a really bad look. And well, that I, was don't, I don't I don't I don't for a long time. Neither, like they, they are the indie game engine. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. Like I don't think that improbable is totally in the you know is not in the good either. Like both are kind of bad actors in this. I think Unity's terms of service is kind of weird because it's unclear how to even obtain the sort of license that they're saying would be required for streaming their executables. But it's also improbable was aware of this and kind of rolled it out anyways, so it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about all this. But yeah, that's that's hmm, that's some odd news. Like I said, it's mainly going to affect developers. But it it like it has the possibility of affecting a lot of indie games that use spatial OS. That's that's bad and weird. And it's yeah, to take take a close look at this. So, I I don't have a 
I have a listing of the games that use Spatial OS in front of me. Let me uh, try to look that up. But but yeah, um, but yeah, there's see yeah a lot of people are reporting on it now, so I'm, I'm seeing that. So let's see some games: Mavericks, Worlds Adrift, Seed, Scavengers, uh, Seed who made Clang. I've played Clang. Well, I played a demo of it. I think I have two. Uh, but yeah, Mavericks by Automaton Studios. Like, there's there's a certain number of games that are being put out with this technology, and they're all yeah this this current legal battle. It could put it all in jeopardy. Unity says it doesn't, but that's not clear either, really. So, hmm, that's uh, yeah. I think it's something worth tracking for a while. Yeah, it's. It's weird, because Unity's been kind of the good guys in that space for a yes. long-ass time, and this feels like, at least I haven't kept track of it, but like I haven't seen it, we've not had any news about like any major CEO changes or anything like that at their end of the thing, so this feels no. like a weird misstep, or I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think they just need to be clearer. I mean, that's the problem. Even as they've reworded it recently, yeah. the terms of service is still very vague on these things. Very, very vague. So it, I mean, I there is a purpose for having vagueness in these types of contracts, so that to allow you some wiggle room. That is, when things are a little murky to begin with. But in this case, they need to make it way more clear, yeah. so that at least the people using Spatial OS aren't panicking like they kind of are right now. Yeah, and that, that's just it too. Like it's the this might be nothing necessarily. Yeah. It might be something, yeah. but this also might truly be nothing. It's like that's mm -hmm. always the issue in terms of service stuff because it's the we've all seen in terms of service. They are horrifying to read. And they put mm -hmm. you to sleep. Oh yeah. Which is why you should do the terms of service on new TVs because they are data mining like that, which is terrifying. Yep. But that's not important to this. Yeah, I, it's. I am sure we'll talk about this sometime down the road, hopefully, and hopefully it's in a better light than what the fuck is going on. Yeah, this feels like it's gonna develop more before it ends. Yep. Yeah, we got two more news stories that we're gonna lead you on kind of a okay topic. We're gonna try and put our most positive one at the end. Uh, yeah, I almost didn't include this one this week because it's kind of an okay, but I. Amazon is officially leaping into uh, streaming game services. I say it's only an okay because they've now joined the like tens of companies that have all said they're doing this to varying degrees. The one that's really doing it necessarily is Sony with their PlayStation Now stuff, and that's eh, it's okay. It's not great, but it's a thing. Uh, Google had that demo of, what was it called? The they did Assassin's Creed Odyssey a couple months back mm -hmm. to yeah. various degrees. I Maybe Amazon gets it right. They definitely have the cloud and the install base and the users and the Jeff Bezos getting sued over stuffness to maybe do something <laughs> with this. So who knows? They have so much money. They have so much money to throw at it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've been wanting to get really dive hard into the games realm for a while now. That's why they bought Twitch. Yeah. The Twitch was a part of also a larger desire just to get into streaming, period. Hell, Star yeah. Citizens is in their proprietary engine. Yeah. So, yeah, Amazon has been... 
they've been pushing into gaming and wanting to be a part of the gaming the gaming i guess overall industry for a while oh this is just this is just an obvious move oh 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 i just made a weird connection in my brain Mm. Uh Um, so we're gonna talk about star citizen for a quick second but in kind of vague terms uh Star Citizen, at least as it currently exists, is a very resource-intensive thing to run your computer. Yeah. The community around it has gotten very used to playing it on, like, Shadow Play or something. There's a service out there that's essentially streaming PCs set up exclusively for gaming. Yeah. If Star Citizen hits in a big way, being already set up to be a streamable version of Star Citizen could be very financially advantageous. Yeah. I wonder if that's part mm. of it all. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, I, uh, that's an interesting connection. Yeah. Huh. It, it, like, it, it's weird because like we've talked about cloud gaming every once in a while. Star Citizen is the only game I'm actively aware of that is very involved in the cloud PC kind of streaming space of workstations. Like, almost all the YouTubers that do stuff for Star Citizen are pretty frequently sponsored or advertising for that stuff. I I want to say Sig, which is the has even come out there and like said, "Hey, here are the here are the best services to use to run the game a little bit better." I, I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner on this topic. Actually, I and I'm hmm. sure I'm speculating more than I need to on this one, but I, it's yeah. Like, imagine if it was like, "Hey, you can play WoW on any fucking shitty ass computer you want," because it's streaming from Blizzard's hardware, which could be the case for it's like, "Hey." We have this very controversial game that might require you to build a whole new computer, or just fucking stream it. Mm. I've already proven it works, or it can be played via stream. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I, yeah, that's not much more to say on that one. Like, no game's been officially announced. It's just me speculating on that one. But yeah, and last but certainly not least, I. Some of our more most positive news this week. Uh, Berlin, a country or a city kind of, apparently it's a big epicenter for this type of stuff because they're doing it, has opened a, a museum that has the history of kind of queer history of video games, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Like, you can, you can check it out on their website. They do have an English language-like version of the press release. And yeah, it's thirty years spanning thirty years of history of of queer representation, and it it's it's interesting because you can look at them and practically track how well you know basically progress you know on the social yeah. front, and it's, you it's a digital it's like a digital yeah tracking of acceptance and and such and progress on the social front. It's it's fascinating, especially seeing the early stuff that existed, like from the '90s. I mean, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's the Rainbow Arcade exhibit at the Schwules. I'm sure I butchered I butchered that museum in Berlin. If you're curious and or local, it's running until mid May. If for some reason you're gonna be there, yeah, I'm always happy when shit like this exists. Yeah, yeah. This, this, yeah, it's just, it's really, yeah, really, really fascinating, and definitely, like, I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of a game historian, essentially, I guess, in a sense, because I do study it a lot, and I tend to know the history of a lot of games, 
because it fascinates me. I mean, it's, and I think this is an especially, it's a great exhibition. It's just, it's, that's super cool. And, and I think it's just, they're again, furthering the idea of, you know, games as art, you know, art being also about, you know, social, social situations and social critique. Yeah. I mean, I, I do wonder, and this is my uh, thought is, this is my other thought is, if they're including any of these sort of response, you know, sort of the public response to these games, because later on, you know, these are, these aren't as much indie titles, and they become more pronounced titles, and just how the, how society reacted to them. For example, Birdo, just Birdo, period. The, the reactions to Birdo, or uh, Poison in Final Fight. If you're familiar with either of yeah, these. Yeah, sort of I'm not trying to know the Birdo one necessarily. I know the Poison one. Well, you know, Birdo is like they've at different times said either a transvestite or, you know, tra- you know trans, either trans, cross dresser, or they've been very coy about it because they, it doesn't seem like they want to. And even now, they're still a bit coy on the whole thing. Nintendo of America is. With Birdo. I just always assumed she was a Yoshi, because Yoshi poops eggs, which occasionally hatch into other Yoshis. Which... Look up, look up yeah. the history of that. It's it's pretty interesting. Oh no, I, I'm I'm making a joke more than anything right now. Yeah, it's like it's it, in my mind. It's like no, it's when I first looked at the controversy about Birdo, I was like, no, it's a Yoshi with pink with a bow. It's a Yoshi, a genderless animal, correct? Right? Because it, and that's like no, it's more of a thing because gamers are terrible. Yeah, but basically, it, it's you know, if those that don't know, uh, well, a Birdo is Catherine in in the Japanese versions of the game. It's called Catherine. I forgot about and that. The, yeah, and the Super Mario Brothers two manual, and I remember this in the manual says that Birdo is a boy who thinks he is a girl, and would rather be referred to as Birdetta, and so that's some early interesting representation. And yeah, like like I said, like but just seeing how people reacted to that and how kind of coy they are about the whole whole thing, it's just it's yeah, it's an insight into there again, sort of a society's acceptance of these of these ideas and of, and of people. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I love the fact that there this is going to be a museum exhibit. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. That does it for news this week. Um, we have no emails, but if you wanted to contact us, how would you go about doing that, Alex? Very simple. You would uh, pull up your email client of your choice, hit new mail, and in the to uh, box, you would put wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. You would fill out a subject and then put your message in the uh, body of the message. What is that email again, Henry? That's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. So as it sounds, down the show notes, etc. Ra, etc. Ra. No emails this week, unfortunately. So anyone got anything they want to say before we get the hell out of here? Um Matrix Online. I have to bring it up once for Just the podcast. Unsubscribe so. from WoW already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because the one thing that made me unsubscribe from WoW was the Matrix Online. Uh just unsubscribe from WoW, dude. I can't, man. I'm a whore to the system. Just do it Sorry. for like a month and see how you feel. I can't. I'm signed up for every six-month renewal. They will prorate it back to you. I know this because I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> how about this? Cancel next six months resubscription. Uh, 
Just do it. I'm I'm stuck, man. Just do it. I'm stuck. I can't get away. I'm sorry. Also, speaking of that, I will also be uh, kicking off streaming again with a new rating tier coming out soon. So keep an eye out for that Friday and Saturday nights, uh, usually starting around 930. I hope next so. week you're coming back from that rating tier being like, okay, yes, I unsubscribe. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, that should be in about two weeks. So keep an eye out. Anybody who's interested in watching me go through raids and uh, heroic and mythic for the new raid tier? Yeah. He plays a rogue, so. Uh. Yep, I play a rogue. So, but yeah. Yes. That's pretty much it. Oh, Mave Online across the board for all the social medias. There we go. That stuff. Yeah. Anything for you, Henry? Yep, yes. I. I will probably start streaming at some point in the future, but not quite yet. Um, I am Kraken Zero on social media. That's Kraken, and then that's Z-E-R-0. That's on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitch, I am Nomad H-A-R. That is, that's my username for Twitch. But, yeah, that's kind of it for me. And as always, I'm just Mordak, M-O-R-D-4-K, on fucking everything on the face of the goddamn planet. I... SWS stuff will return eventually. I still have stuff getting in the way and all that funness. Yeah. Posting lots of sinistress photos of my dog on my Instagram. That's about all I'm up to lately. <laughs> dog is shady as fuck. But yeah, that's about it for this week. Uh, Puss, take us out. Cue the metal. Cue the metal.